You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall show and podcast. Broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Be sure to check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now on to the show with our host, President of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. And good morning to our listeners. Good morning to all of you here at the uh, Classic Auto Mall in the snow. <laughs> it's snowing outside. It is, finally. Yeah, finally. I think it's our first snowstorm of the year. Absolutely. <laughs> you don't know that. It's the You're first just... of any snow. I mean, I don't live in Morgantown, but I, we, we got a little bit of flurries today in yeah. Philly, and that was the first. So today is January the 25th. Uh, so today is a nor- an abnormal day for us, because normally we record on Saturdays, but we're recording on Wednesday, because we have a special guest on today. Right. Uh, Mr. Keith Martin, the publisher of Sports Car Market Magazine, who will be joining us in segment two. Uh, in the meantime, how's everything going with you? Everything good? Everything's great. Got the Philly Auto Show coming up this week. Yep, we're we're there starting starting today. Actually, Saturday actually, this when this airs, and we'll be yeah. there for the next I don't know thirty days. <laughs> it seems like thirty. Days. We're doing three days in Harrisburg. It starts Thursday, which is day before yesterday, right? In radio parlance, right? And then the Philly Auto Show, which starts today, Saturday, the twenty. 20- Seventh, eighth, seventh, what, the 25th? 27th, 28th? Yeah, something Good like that. Those. I have a calendar in my back pocket. Yeah, yeah, you have a, a th- th- thank, thank you, Ethan. Ethan. From the booth. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the Philly Auto Show is pretty amazing. We've taken 18 cars down wow. there and we have this massive setup and we're right next to the AACA setup and they have 30 something cars, I think. Of course, they don't have to take them themselves. They, their members bring their cars to <laughs> right. them. So it's like they bring them one at a time. We have to take 18 and right. three enclosed trucks and, Imagine driving a enclosed semi tractor trailer in downtown Philadelphia. It's got to be a delight with, with X amount of dollars <laughs> yeah. worth of cars, millions of dollars worth of cars in it. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds like yeah, something. Right. I, and it's snowing. And, and it's snowing, of course. <laughs> the, what, the moving day, it's snowing. Not yeah. too bad in Philly right now, but yeah, come come and see the display. It's always a lot of fun, and there's always tons of people. Of course, the Eagles are playing Sunday night. Oh, Ethan that's... and I are working the show, so we expect <laughs> to be. Uh, Watching it on yeah, on the phone. I would hope so. I would imagine they'll be kind of quiet in there on Sunday <laughs> it evening. Will. I would imagine there are not going to be a lot of people because the Eagles are in the uh, uh, d- d- our conference championship. Yeah, that's so right. uh, it's it's one more game, and then they go to play the Chiefs, where they're going to get smacked down. Like they, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the road uh, last weekend when uh, during the game. Oh I, wow, I to, you missed it, huh? Uh, no, I, I caught most of the game, but at, at halftime I had to had to go somewhere, and right. no roads were. Empty. It yeah. was like ghost town in the suburbs in Philly. Right. It was amazing. You know, it's funny. I mean, people are rabid football fans anywhere you go and sports fans and all that. But around here, the Eagles have this special thing with, with people that it really just mm-hmm. shuts everything. It's like the South in college football right. uh, around here. It's that I think it was a, for so many years, it was people's outlet. You know, I mean, you see people that have been going to the games forever and they've had, you know, their season tickets since their parents were, mm-hmm. you know, in diapers and, and they still go. They're loyal supporters, even if they have a lou- you know a lousy season. So right, no Philly fans are you know They're some rabid. of the best. Yeah, they said some of the best. Rabbit. Did you say rabbit? <laughs> I think I said rabbit. I didn't say rabbit. <laughs> I said rabid. Rabbit, and they're the best. And they're the best. Uh, but anyway, uh, so if you're thinking about 
three days ago bringing your car in, you might might want to wait till tomorrow <laughs> right. on a consignment because it's snowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting better now. It's still really coming down. The turnpike is to a crawl, and of course the plow trucks are just anxious because they haven't had anything to plow all year. So oh yeah, they no, got, they've got a they, backlog of salt. They're pent up plowing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, we did get some nice new cars in though lately. Okay. Um, you know we have our current inventory is nine hundred and six cars as of wow. today. Hard to believe. Um, if you build it, they will come, and certainly they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the new cars, we got a interesting car, a 37 Packard 115 Coupe in continental blue over tan, and it's and it's what we call an affordable Packard. It's not, you know, it's just a, a, a straight eight, and it's a or no, excuse me, it's a 237 cubic inch mm-hmm. inline six. I mistake. And uh, so that. It holds the value back a little bit, but it's still a really cool car. I mean, for 1937, if you think about that, that is now 85, 86 years old. And, um, and it's, you know, a marvelous car. Uh, three speed manual. It's got the trip driving lights, which actually they, they're funny. They, they're on a thing connected to the steering. Mm-hmm. So when you turn to the right or left, the, the lights follow you. That's so they can cool. see you going around. If you need to go around a corner or something, you can see what's happening. So, um, and it's got a tan wool interior, which is lovely in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what you want. Yeah, you want uh, you know in shorts and a nice wool interior. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know you think about back in the day, the chauffeur sat on leather and the rear passengers in in fancier cars has sat on cloth right. or wool, and that was considered more luxurious mm-hmm. than the leather. And then of course nowadays leather is like the king of seating, if you will, if there's such a thing. I miss velour. Yeah, yeah, crush, crush, velour with a velour workout suit or gym suit. You know that that, <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't make you stick to it. So well, um, we have a nice '79 old '98. Uh, yes, we do. We just velour. We actually have, I think, two of those. Yeah, there's uh, two one of them. Two. One, one has one, leather. One has that leather. That's right. Exactly, and one we just sold. I think the one with the higher miles on it. We didn't sell the low mile okay. one yet. That's the one that had a million five views yep. on TikTok. Anyway, uh, also in a 36 Plymouth two-door sedan, this is a hot rod. It's a burnt orange over beige. I don't think that was the original color in 1936, would you? <laughs> not, not, a, not a factory Because it's got a 392 cubic inch Hemi oh. V8 in it and a Tremec five-speed and four-wheel disc brakes and vintage air and heat and dual quads, dual four-barrel carburetors on this thing. So this thing's a screamer. Yeah, all of those things they, they couldn't even dream about in no, 1936. No, of course not. I mean, it was a three-speed manual would have been the transmission of choice. Were there of any automatics in 1937? I'm mm, really kind of thinking out loud. And <laughs> Podcast at ClassicAutomall.com if you know the answer to that What question? was the first year for an automatic Great transmission? Question. Yeah. And the first one that gets it right, send us an email to Podcast at ClassicAutomall.com. I'll send you a hat. All right. Uh, what a nice guy. I am. Good hats, you know, too. And they're good hats. They're not crappy hats. No. We want to make sure we have good hats that you want to wear them. So, uh, also in a 66 Corvette convertible, rally red over red interior, which is so cool. I love Love that the red exterior and the red interior. Um, numbers matching 427, 390 horse V8. Uh, the Muncie M20 manual, factory air, factory power windows, four wheel power disc. It's an older restoration, but mm-hmm. it sure looks good. Yeah, you know that that rally red is really a terrific color. Can't go wrong. No, you cannot go wrong. I mean, you can get arrested, but you can't <laughs> go wrong because you're arrest me red. Arrest me red. That's what they call it. Red. Resale red. Arrest me red. Right. Uh, Ruby red. Regal red. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of different yep. ones. So also one of my favorite cars, 1985 Mercury Colony. No, let me get this right. Yeah, it's a long name. 1985 Mercury Grand Marquis Colony Park LS station <laughs> wagon. 
white and wood over oxblood, mm-hmm. our favorite interior it's color because we like to we just like to say oxblood. Uh, this thing is cool, and it's it's you know it could be a daily driver. Mm-hmm. It's got a five liter V eight. It's road trip ready. It's uh, well optioned. Got a uh, an automatic transmission, so you can you know if you, you need an automatic transmission in a station wagon, so you can lean over the back seat and swat the kids. Smack kids. Yeah, and you wouldn't want to do don't, that if you don't make me pull a, this thing over. <laughs> don't make me turn this car around, and that way you can swat them and still stay in gear and stay moving down the highway. So uh, then. A really cool car that you just don't see very often, the 67 Plymouth Barracuda Formula S Fastback. Uh, gold over black. Mm-hmm. It's got new paint. Uh, it's a true Formula S car. It's got a 69 340 cubic inch V8 in it. So it's not the original motor, but it's it's plenty of motor. Those 340s are great. Uh, we just got a 340 Cuda in, by the way. Did you see that car yet? Is that uh, in the back? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I did. The, well, it's actually, it's gone to the Philly Auto. Oh, it did? Yeah. Okay. It, and you so, got a... You also have a Barracuda. We got a Barracuda in Go, as well. Going to the show or no? Or a Cuda, just a Cuda? Well, the Barracuda Cuda. Okay. Bar- Barracuda Cuda. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So the Barracuda Cuda, it's not redundant. It's, uh, it's, it's real. So, um, and the Formula S fastback that we got in, like I said, it's got the 69 340. It's got the A727 automatic, uh, sure grip axle, performance gauge pack. I mean, this thing is really cool looking. Mm-hmm. Those things are, I don't know how many of them they made, but they didn't make a whole lot of them. But you hardly see them. You don't really see them. And, of course, any of those really uh, exaggerated fastbacks, kind of like the the um, Rambler Marlin we have yeah, in the back, back right now, mm-hmm. that thing has got the funniest-looking fastback on it. But it's a cool-looking yeah, car. Yeah, and the 67 Charger, was it, had that fastback yeah. look? 66, 67 Charger? Yeah. I love that look. I do, too. And I think a lot of people do. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they even exist. Mm-hmm. So I was watching um, – Barrett Jackson is day, they're in day two now. Three. Today would be day three. They started, I think, Monday. I mean, they started some stuff on Saturday of mm-hmm. a show, and then Sunday, I think there was their gala, and Monday they started auctioning cars, which is unusual for them to start on a Monday. Normally they don't start till Tuesday. Uh, so they started a, a day early, but man, they are hitting some home runs. Uh, they sold a 70 Cadillac Coupe de Ville for, a, with the fees, $110,000. It had like 3,400 original miles. It was an old buddy of mine who passed away, oh. uh, Glenn Boyd out of North Carolina. But $110,000 for a 70 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. That's almost unheard of. I mean, you think you could buy the best one in the world for 40 or 50 grand. Right. But I guess two guys really, 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 really mm-hmm. wanted it. And Glenn was great. He was one of those guys who would seek out the best of the best low mileage original cars. And if he found any paintwork on it to be had or any change of anything of any sort to the car, he would, he would replace it with a better one because it just, he wanted the most original and the lowest mileage examples of any type of American car that he mm-hmm. could find from the 50s, 60s, 70s, well, into the 80s. So he had well. a collection? Had a nice collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, uh, uh, car dealers over in North Carolina, uh, Ford, a lot of Ford dealers, and uh, they they had a uh, really interesting collection. And some of them sold at the sale down in Raleigh here recently, and some of them they've taken to Barrett Jackson. So, be interesting to see because, like I said, most of them are low mileage, and and that seems to be a segment of the market that is either really hot or really cold, and it's hard to predict. It's like they kind of it kind of runs in waves, and then all of a sudden you see these things with low mileage go crazy, and then. You know, like SS Camaros, and we've sold a few of them with low, low miles mm-hmm. on them. And then all of a sudden you see them, you know, they're bringing 50, 60 grand. And then you'll see one that's got low, low miles and it's bringing 28 or 30 grand. So it's weird. It's strange. And I don't know what, what happens with that, but, uh, 
But anyway, um, and of course, you know, when you get to an auction, you never know what's going to happen. It could go way less than you think. It could go for exactly what you think, or it can go more. And of course, all of Barrett's are no reserve. That's 1,900 cars, all absolute selling in the next, well, starting Monday, mm-hmm. it'll go through, I think, Sunday. So seven days uh, of, of auction. And it'll be really interesting to see because the market seems awfully strong. I mean, Mecham sold $240 million in Kissimmee uh, last week and sold, I think they sold 80% or something they said mm-hmm. that they had sold. And uh, and so it, it'll be interesting to see. Although I didn't see the one car that you're supposed to be looking for, and that's the Clinet. Yeah, right. No Clinets on the market. I didn't see <laughs> at the moment. No. And you know what happened? So we're recording, like I said earlier, we're recording on Wednesday, uh, which is not our normal day. We record on Saturdays. We didn't record last Saturday, and some guys showed up to wanted to see the recording. I don't think we've ever had a fan is club. That right? Yeah, and it was like, oh, sorry, we're not doing wow. this. I guess I could have come in here and pretended like I was doing this show. <laughs> Just talk. <laughs> Just talk. Hey, how you doing? Let's talk about some cars and, you know, whatever. Wow. But, uh, yeah, they actually showed up and they were here to see the, the, uh, whatever you just did to fix whatever that was, Ethan. There was something scratchy going on. Uh, they, um, they were here to see the show. They wanted to see the podcast. So, wow. so we'll have to remember that. We got well, groupies. We got groupies. That's awesome. <laughs> I've never had a groupie before. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see with, uh, with Scottsdale, uh, what the final numbers turn out to be between Barrett and RM and all those guys. But if, if Megum Kissimmee's any indication, it's going to be a barn burner. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll know more on the next show and we'll report on that. When we return, uh, we should be joined with our guest, Keith Martin, who, uh, the publisher of Sports Car Market Magazine. If you haven't seen Sports Car Market Magazine, it's the Bible of this hobby. It, it reports on auctions. It, uh, it does profiles of cars. It, uh, has a legal files article that I always love. Um, it's really a fascinating magazine and it has been for many, many years. And Keith started this in 1988 or 89, I believe. So 34, wow. 35 years ago. Okay. Started out as an Alfa Romeo newsletter. Oh, really? I think it was, he'll correct me if I'm wrong, it was like a one-page mimeographed, there's a word you don't use often. No. Uh, just a little newsletter about Alfa Romeos and parts and whatever. Very and cool. it grew into an awesome magazine. So when we return, uh, we'll return with our special guest, Keith Martin. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr, that's 888-268-4783, or visit jctaylor.com slash awr, drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in beautiful downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania, where it's snowing. 
You better get home quick. <laughs> yeah. Steve and Ethan are anxiously watching the snow, thinking that it's going to uh, somehow snow us in. We uh, we have a wonderful guest on the uh, show to, today, um, Keith Martin, the publisher of Sports Car Market Magazine. Ran into Keith again after many years of not seeing one another down in Chattanooga, which is a fantastic event. We'll talk about that as well, too. But good morning, Keith. How are you today? Well, I'm doing great, Stuart. It's great to see you, and it's uh, great to see you and – not be in Chattanooga where I guess they've been having snow and yeah. they've been having West Coast weather out there. Yeah, that's what they say. Isn't that an amazing event, Chattanooga? It really is well done. It's it's fantastic. To, uh, most of us here on the West Coast are not familiar with Chattanooga. Right. <laughs> so, and, and to be there and to be kind of immersed in the Civil War history of, of that town yeah. and its industrial background, um, I mean, th- this is all aside from the car part. Sure. The aquarium there is stunning. Uh, the Stroke Institute is stunning. Yeah. The, the, the way that the, the people have put that together and their enthusiasm, the, the key to any really good event is having, to, in my mind, is having a host hotel that's right in the center of everything. Definitely agree. You know, that is, that is, that Weston Hotel right there in downtown Chattanooga is like Car City Central for that weekend. It's amazing the people that you see. Well, the, whenever you don't have to get on a shuttle bus, you know you're in a good place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And all the great restaurants right there that you can just walk yes. to and they've got all the cars and they've got, they've done a great job of getting celebrities out for the event. And then of course the auction. Now I was just going on their website. I haven't seen, have they announced a date yet for this year? I haven't seen that as of uh, yet. They, I believe they have because I think we put it into our Concour guide. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I know we had to track them down to get that. Date. Yeah. I hadn't seen that as of today, but if you go to, uh, the Chattanooga, uh, 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 Concord, Chatt- Chattanooga Motoring Festival website. You can Google them. Uh, you can uh, find out all the information. And if you haven't been, go. It's at a fantastic event. But even more so of the thing that you haven't done, if you haven't read or seen Keith's magazine, Sports Car Market, you got to get it, man. It is the great. I've been, I don't know how many years now it's been. I guess since I really started reading you seriously in about 2001 when I was with eBay Cruise back in the day, back when you used to have paintings instead of photographs on the cover. Yeah, we, this is our 35th year. Wow. I know it's a little crazy. It was a hobby in my basement with a mimeograph machine. See, I told you, Steve, it was a mimeograph machine. So whatever those are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have no idea. I, I do, but I, yeah. yeah, I don't. Well, remember carbon paper too, back, you know, when you put that between, yeah. <laughs> between yeah. the, or, or how about a selectric typewriter? Uh, oh my goodness gracious. We're really dating ourselves. Uh, but so you started it as the Alfa Romeo newsletter, right? Was it a one page deal? Was that? How it started? No, it was my, my inspiration. I was the uh, GM of Ron Tonkin Ferrari Maserati, and I started seeing copies of the Ferrari Market Letter by Gerald Rausch. Right. And I was really inspired by the way that he, he did it. It was so clear and authoritative. And so I thought, well, gee, you know, there's a Pantera Market Letter and a Cobra Market Letter and a Maserati Market Letter, but there's no Alpha Market Letter. And I'd always been an Alpha guy. Right. So I put an ad in Hemings Motor News that said, subscribe to the Alpha Market Letter. And I think we got about 50 subscriptions. Nice. And then I thought, now I thought, now what? <laughs> yeah, we got to monetize this thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny when, when you see things back in the old days, people don't realize is that the way we communicated with other human beings was usually through the classifieds in some form or fashion. Either, That's exactly right. You know, we, we you, you sold anything. It was always in the classifieds. You bought a house. You looked in the classifieds. You bought a car. It was always used. And now they're basically non-existent. I mean, you see a little bit of them, but certainly not the 
same as it was. Uh, Stuart, we used to get uh, people from all over the country to clip out classifies for Alfa Romeos from their local newspapers and mail to us. And then we'd come out once a month and the cars would still be for sale. Still for sale because nobody can move that fast, right? Well, well you- and then you'd have, then you'd, you'd call them and then they would send you four or five, uh, three by five pictures of right. their car. <laughs> yeah, I love that. You know? you know, we still literally, the other day I got an envelope addressed to me, handwritten. I knew exactly what it was. It was an oversized envelope. You open it up. It's photographs of this guy's car and it's bad copies of photographs and it's a handwritten letter. Literally, it was like four pages long about his yeah. car and everything about it. And, you know, this was such an old school guy. And I said to him, I said, I, I, I got to guess that you don't have an email address. He says, I don't even have a fax machine. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it, it's, I, it's funny how I that works. The, the, the biggest change, Stuart, over the past 10 years has been the advent of social media. Sure. Uh, because, right, you know, like the Arizona Concord just happened last weekend. And the Arizona Concord has a half-life of about 48 hours on Instagram. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Pictures, 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 and then gone. Gone. Yeah. And, you know, and it, what leads me to ask the question to you is how difficult is it to be relevant in a magazine that you have to have a lead time of a couple of months? How do you stay relevant? Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, we figured something out because we're 35 years and bigger than we've ever been. And if you go to the newsstands, you'll find us to be one of the only magazines there in the airports. Right. And, and, and I think, Stuart, the reason is, is that we have, um, we have highly qualified writers who give their informed opinion. So if, if you, you have an F40 who sold for a million four, they'll tell you just knowing that it sold for a million four, you'll find out the day it sold. Right. But why it sold for a million four, what it sold for last time across the block, what this means for the F50, what all that <laughs> stuff, that's what we bring to the table. So sure. you come away a better informed collector after reading the magazine. No question about it. I mean, I, I, it's funny, you know, I used to, I use and still utilize obviously the platinum database that you guys had. Yep. That's got, I just, I just, I was on there uh, this morning. You got 330, no, 399,000 records in the database. That's amazing. I mean, well, you want me to let you in on a secret now? Please. And don't tell anybody. I, I probably, cause nobody's listening, so you don't but have to worry. Within two or three months, we're going to be announcing that we've formalized a search engine. So you'll be able to search all 35 years of the Mac, every single back issue. Wow. So if you, if you plug in a VIN number, every single time we've mentioned that VIN number in an auction report oh. or a profile or a story, it'll pop up with a link to where that VIN number is. That's fantastic. And, you know, with the, with the software that they have today, I guess it's much easier to do today than it would have been even 10 or 15 years ago. Right? Yeah. Well, we've been working on it really 20 years. It's been kind of my, uh, I've been kind of pushing at it, but it, it what happens is that, um, like, like you said, we're waiting. Technology keeps making it a little bit easier. Um, and I think the time is right. So I just say in a couple sure. of months we'll have just like National Geographic or New York Times, they can search. You can search every issue. You'll be able to search every issue. That's fantastic uh, that we've ever done. That is so fantastic. Do you? I, I'm sure you've seen it, and and I'm a, a loyal subscriber to it. Newspapers.com. It's uh-huh. it's amazing. I mean, you go and look at all the old classifieds because it's every page of every newspaper from I know. you know eighteen fifty or whatever, and it's amazing to look at the classifieds. And of course, the the thing that's more heartbreaking than the car prices is the real estate prices. <laughs> you see that, and you think, oh man, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you. Uh, <laughs> 
give yourself some self pity right now. Right. <laughs> uh, because I had a Ferrari 330 America that I, in, uh, in the late 70s, I bought it for $28,000 in Bozeman, Montana and drove it home to Portland, Oregon. And I sold it for $32,000 because oh. I had to pay the bills. Right. There's, there's one being, I think RM has it and they are expecting to get four to 600,000 for it. <laughs> but, but Stuart, if I had kept that car for another year, I would have sold it for $50,000. Exactly. Know, I, I never had the money to just grab a car and put it in the corner of the garage and keep it. I had to churn to make my living. Absolutely. And I think we all, you know, we try to explain that to somebody. They say, well, you could have bought a Hemi Superbird in 1973 for, you know, $3,500. Yeah, but where was I going to keep it? How was I going to, you know, I've been through a couple of wives. I've been through a couple of houses. I bought 12 vacuum cleaners in my lifetime. Where the hell was I going to keep this Hemi Superbird all this time to make it valuable again? Nowhere. I couldn't do it. Well, and how are you going to feed it? You know, because it's going to need stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what keeps kicking me from, from, I keep wanting to buy a used, somewhat used Ferrari, and what keeps me from doing that is everyone I read about says, recent $30,000 service, and I, know, I think, I know. that's going to be me. <laughs> now, Stuart, so we're the only fools on the planet that when you buy a car and it comes with a huge stack of documentation, a normal person says, holy crap, this car breaks down a lot. You and I say, oh, everything's fixed. What could go wrong now? Nothing, right? Right. You it's all been done. It's all been done. And you learn all these things, like, and you become an expert when you, before you, before you're not an expert when you first see one, because you want one because it's cool looking or it's going to sound good or whatever. And then you start learning things like clutch wear, even on an automatic and how, how much, and they can do a report on that and how much clutch wear there is. And you learn about that it pull, the, the leather dash pulls away from the wind shield right it's all this stuff it's like wait a minute this is becoming kind of a bummer <laughs> i just so want the, the damn car. i have is why can't ferrari make a dash that that the leather's as good as a hyundai yeah exactly or a corvette for that matter i mean you talk yeah. about the argument for corvette i've never been a corvette guy um but boy oh boy you look at the z06s and you look at the zr1s and you look at all these cars and you think first of all it's way cheaper to purchase second of all it's way cheaper to maintain third of all it doesn't have all these little quirky things that happen they tell you that the 599 gtb ferrari if you put it in reverse and go too far it'll start smelling like burnt rubber <laughs> you know you can't um unfortunately logic comes into doesn't play a large part in this because I've owned a few Ferraris, uh, like 308 GT4s and 328s. And I would put the sound of a V8 Ferrari against the sound of a new Corvette any day of the week. And I, I know the Corvette's a better car. Sure. It's a better deal. It's, I, I know every, but I want that hot flash, you know, <laughs> that I get from firing up my four cam Ferrari. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing that keeps driving me back to it. And, and, and the other thing that keeps driving me back to it is that first of all, we preach to people that we talked about this last week on our show. Don't buy a car to make a profit. Buy a car because you love it and buy the best you can possibly get. But get the car, you know, eat the cake, buy the dress, you know, the whole, the old saying, buy right, the car. Right. If you've always wanted a Ferrari, then buy the damn Ferrari and enjoy it. And if it breaks down, okay, so what? You just move on. Well, let, so let me ask you this question. Yeah. There's all these, uh, people putting out hot lists of cars. They're going to go up and go and going to go, go down. Can you imagine yourself saying, Oh, look, that car's on the hot list. It's going up. I better go buy one. <laughs> I, I, I don't see myself doing that. I think some people do, don't they? I mean, isn't that the way? They may, but it's just so counter to my, right. to my illogical lust on 
something I want. I, I, I don't. I think that if you if you want to buy cars to make money, you're a dealer. Exactly. You know, for me, I pay like when I recently bought a Citroen, a seventy one. I paid seventy seven thousand dollars for it because right. it was really the best in the world. Sure. And how do you, uh, yeah? How do you put a value on the best in the world? Well, I easy. You bid on bring a trailer. The last guy bid sixty nine. You bid seventy. You keep hoping for him to bid seventy one and set you free, and it doesn't happen. I can't tell you how many times I bid on something and prayed to somebody would outbid me. I know. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, and it's hard to predict that. I mean, what's going to be a future collectible? Don't laugh. Is it going to be a PT Cruiser or a Prowler? Are they going to be collectible? Who knows? I don't. You know, I the the problem is there are. Their cars become collectible for a variety of reasons, but a, a Prowler or a PT Cruiser, they might be fun at a Radwood show, but out in the real world, there's, there's just kind of a yuck factor for those cars. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. I just, and the other thing is, is that, you know, it's not, people say it's hard to predict what's going to be valuable in the future. Uh, I disagree. I think you buy the, you know, the rarest, best of the best, and, you know, there's rare and then there's desirable. We talk about that all the time. Just because they made five 95 Mustangs and Chartreuse doesn't mean anybody cares. No, it also, sometimes cars start to become valuable, you know, piece of crap cars because they all disappear and right. get used up. I mean, you know, it's it's really weird to watch bring a trailer, but if you had a mint Pinto with 2,000 miles, <laughs> it, it might bring surprising money because it's the only one. Exactly. Well, I just saw on Barrett last night a, a 70 Cadillac Coupe de Ville brought $110,000 with the fees. The nicest one in the world you should be able to buy for 30. This thing had 3,500 original miles and whatever, whatever. But my goodness gracious, how ex- – I mean, that's off the charts expensive. Nobody has that in their price, you know guys. What? What Barrett and and all uh, uh, what the trolls on Bring a Trailer, what Barrett does, mm-hmm. what the big land auctions do, they get you in an arena that um, th- you're surrounded by people who are bidding, right? Which which means it's okay for you to bid, right? It has to be because yeah. that guy's bidding on it. <laughs> Jimmy, yeah, and Jimmy Jimmy just bid, my, I remember my daughter. I was MCM concourse with Heliano. I think she was nine or ten, and she said, Dad. Why don't we have a Lamborghini? She said, everybody else here has one, but we don't have one. <laughs> See, most kids don't get that luxury of being at a Concorde Elegance with their dad. And that's the, the, anyway, when we return, we will continue our lively conversation with Mr. Keith Martin, the publisher of Sports Car Market Magazine, when we return with the Classic Auto Mall podcast. It's a museum. It's a showroom. It's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 
And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in beautiful downtown Morgantown, recording this on January the 25th, our first snow day. And when you hear this for the first time on Saturday, you'll be the last day of the Barrett-Jackson Scottsdale auction. Keith, I take it you're not going to Scottsdale this year, or you're on your way after we get done here? Uh, No, I've got a team that's down there. Uh, you know, I had about four years ago, I had a stroke. Right. And uh, it, it, I'm still in rehab. I'm, I'm getting better, but I'm just not ready to go down there and do all the walking. Well, you could probably walk five miles a day at Barrett-Jackson. <laughs> the tent is, what, a mile long or something? Yeah. It's crazy. Well, the tent, I, I was in the booth for Speed Vision when they first got that tent, and they bought it from Japan. It was a tent that they used to drive 747s into for cleaning. But of course, why? I mean, yeah, yeah, I love that mentality that they have with that, that they say, you know what? We got to find the one that they put 747s in. That makes the most sense. And of course, they have built an amazing brand with this thing. And then of course, selling out or selling a good portion of the company, uh, for 260 million valuation was pretty staggering. So Stuart, I have a couple of questions for you. Yes. So you you're the classic auto mall. Yep. I'm first tell me how where how do you differentiate your your physical you're not online. We're not we we are online but we are but we're a brick and mortar. We are a, a former outlet mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania, an hour west of Philadelphia and uh, it's 336,000 square feet and we have almost 900 we have 907 cars on consignment in the building as we speak. So you can come here there's no admission charge to come see the the cars. There's no uh fee if you want to uh, consign your car up front. There's no monthly fee if you want to consign your car. We only get paid when we sell the car, like a real estate agent. And uh, we've been doing what our fifth year was, our five-year anniversary was January 1st. And last year we consigned over 1,200 cars. And this year we'll probably hit 1,500. And we sold almost 900 last year. So we're... And how do you go about deciding what the price will be on a car when somebody wants to bring it to you? Well, we do what uh, similar to what how the auctions work is that we talk to the owner, we do our research of what the car is or isn't because we're usually you know bad news agents for a lot of these guys with their cars because they bought them believing they were matching numbers and they turn out the reason that they thought they were matching numbers is the guy that they bought it from said it was matching numbers so yeah. we know how that works so we have to be the bearer of bad news sometimes but we we recommend to them what we think the price should be and then we you know ultimately it's their decision it's their asset I have 33 million dollars worth of cars in here that I don't have a floor plan that I, I don't sleep at night because I got a $33 million floor plan. Yeah, yeah. And so what we do is we put it on a 90 day agreement at end of 90 days. If the car hadn't sold, there's usually only one reason, you know, we advertise everywhere. We're in every online place you could possibly be. Yeah. Uh, and so if it doesn't sell, it's usually price. And so, and it's a rude awakening for some people. Listen, uh, you know, you know as well as I do, people say, well, my car is just like that one that sold on TV. No, it's not. It's not the same car, yeah. <laughs> right? So we get all that, all, we get all that time. We get people who say, well, I just saw a 280 SL sell for a quarter million dollars and I, I should get that much for mine. Right. And you see that and you say no because you don't, but first of all, the guy who got a quarter million for his probably spent 350 to get to a quarter million. No, that's right. <laughs> you know, it's so true, isn't it? You know, you know what's interesting about this business is that when we opened, we're thinking, okay, we've got a big building to fill. You know, this is eight, this is eight acre, or eight acres under roof. And we're thinking, boy, are we going to be able to do it? What we didn't realize quite as much as we probably should have done more research about is how big the market in this part of the world is for classic cars. 
It's as big as Arizona or Florida. It's an amazing area uh, that people are car crazy because you got Carlisle and Hershey, which have been yep. going on for many, 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 many years. And then you got a lot of drag strips and car related things. So it's an amazing part of the world. And uh, we're just thankful to be in it because I don't know that I could I couldn't afford a building in in the car hotspots. I couldn't be in Monterey. I couldn't be in Scottsdale. I couldn't I couldn't afford. You know, you couldn't have this big of a building. What do you think the effect of social media has been on getting the word out about your cars? I think it's been – it's a double-edged sword. Um, it's great for getting the word out. It's bad for a guy who's got a chip on his shoulder because he made a mistake in buying a car and wants to now blame it on you online. So, you know, there's 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 the parts of that that are frustrating because we find guys who will buy a car from us and there's something wrong with it. And they won't call us. They'll just get on the computer and start saying, yeah. all, and they won't, and, and listen, I'm more than happy to work with you. If, if we misrepresented I, something, heck yeah. So that's tough. I, I think, Stuart, the people that hide behind a keyboard are, are unfortunate, you know, because they get all antagonistic and blustery behind the keyboard. Right. You know, because I find when people are upset about something that the, that we wrote or what, I just, I just, I just call them or, you know, or, or talk to me. Yeah, talk to me. Because we're just humans. <laughs> right. And I, I also think that social media is a really good way to get awareness of what you're doing. I don't know if it's so good about actually selling something. I 100% agree with that. I think that what we do is is for name recognition and for people to think about classic automall and it more and actually our focus is more not on sales. The sales happen. Our focus is on consignments because ultimately if we don't have the inventory, we can be the a juggernaut sales organization yeah. and we don't have the inventory, it doesn't matter. So but this was always my dream. Somebody, some people doodle on napkins and scribble and write things. I yeah. wrote a business plan to have a building that was as big as I possibly could have that could fit a whole bunch of cars in it on consignment. And then I found a partner who actually owned a building and it turned out great. So what did the build, what was the building originally used for? It was built by Kimmons Wilson, the founder of Holiday Inn as an outlet mall. And then we have a hotel that's connected to it as well too with 188 rooms. And so it's a perfect place and it's right on the turnpike in, in an hour west of Philadelphia. And it's just a fantastic location. It's all on one level and it just couldn't be a, a better location for us. You know, Stuart, who has done a really good job with consignment for a long time is Bruce Trenery at Fantasy Junction. Boy, hadn't he ever. Man. You know, I've known Bruce for 40 years. Right. And he just has always been a straight shooter, brings your car in, no, no, no games about this is what you're asking. This is what's being offered. Let's do it this way. Pay me this much commit. I mean, it all. He, he and when he when I call him about a car, he'll always say, "Well, it's this car is good. It's got this on it. It doesn't have this on it." He's making an interesting split model right now because he advertises with us for cars that he has in his showroom. And at the same time, he advertises cars that are going to be coming up on Bring a Trailer. I saw that. I was noticing that uh, in his ads, and I think that's a brilliant thing to do: is to self, to self medicate. I mean, self market, not medicate. Yeah. <laughs> if you self market well, yourself, that's fantastic. I, I, I just think there's so many different ways to find out about cars today that there didn't used to be. Yeah. You know, when you put put an alert me on these various online sites. I mean, you think about it, when we were first going to Barrett 35 years ago, 
If you didn't read about it in the sports car market, you wouldn't even know it existed. That's 100% accurate. There were When I bought a Trans Am back in the 70s, I didn't know that there was an SD 455 or, right. a, or right. a this or a that, or you wanted the one with the four-speed manual transmission. I didn't know any of that. One of the things that's interesting, and I'm sure that you deal with it as well, too, is writing uh, a description of a car. Do you do V hyphen eight or V no space eight? Do you do four hyphen speed? Do you do protect dash O dash play? How do you be consistent in the terminology of classic we cars? A, we have a style sheet for that. Right. Really? I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we do V eight with no hyphen. Right. But we, we have made, you know, uh, over the years, we've just had to say, this is the way we do it. Right. Yeah, because it's easy to to go in different directions. Try five. Is it capital T, capital five? You know, is it a high? It drive you crazy, won't it? Yeah. So, um, so, and you still write, right? I mean, you're still writing your column every oh, month. Yeah, I, and, I, I work full time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we do twelve issues a year, plus five special guides yep. and a price guide and a weekly blog. I mean, we're <laughs> we we're larger than we've ever been. Sure. Uh, and more advertisers. Um, so it's 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 been really good. I had a couple of offers from people who are interested in the magazine, and 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 frankly, Stuart, I uh, I love what I do. That's the and most I'd important. Rather thing. do this than than have the money. I oh I love that. I mean that's so fantastic to to hear you say that. And you know we're a we're a we've been five year advertiser uh, inside back cover no. for five years since we started here. And, and we're we, very appreciative. You're, you're helping put my son through college. So thank you. <laughs> well, well, we're hoping that by advertising you're going to help put our grandkids through college. So exactly. we're we're right there with you. So well, you um, know, it's interesting, Stuart. I'll say the power of print. Um. Is that it's lasting. When, when you're looking at a digital something, it's going like this. Right. Where when you open a print magazine, especially if all the ads are car related, the ads and the editorial all fit right in with each other. That's a hundred percent true. I like the ads as much as I like the editorial. I like to That's see right. what's going on and, and what's happening and who's doing what and what's, what's the latest, greatest car going to be at Amelia or, you know, wherever. And it's so fun to see that. And I think that, uh, you know, if you look at like DuPont Registry or some magazine like that, all it is is ads. You know, it's just a whole ad. That's <laughs> every part yeah, of and it. And I don't even know if they exist anymore. I, I, they don't in the, in the for- format that, that you and I were familiar and yeah. liked, uh, I think back in the I day. I think they're mostly online now. Well, you know, what's interesting is that I remember reading the Rob report back in the day and of yeah. course dreaming and thinking, would that be interesting if you could make a magazine out of all this in the back? And then son of a gun, somebody went and did it. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Oh, well. Um, you know, what's funny though, I, I, I love your magazine and I have for years be- because it's, it's a, it's a wealth of knowledge for us to learn about cars and to learn about different things that happen within cars and how the market is transposed over, transpired over the years and you know it, it just it it like being able to search it the way that you're talking about with this with the ability to search a vehicle and from it's every time you've ever written about it it's amazing i mean that's going to be so helpful to us when we're doing our research on cars well we've had some of our writers have been with us 25 years wow <laughs> you know we i've really part of my uh way i judge myself is the retention rate of yeah. my people. That's very you know? important. And it, there's nothing like institutional memory. You know, <laughs> where, where people who know, know how we do things, know how we research, know how we write, um, 
we did, and it's it's a joy for me to have had so many people for so long. Well, there's so many great automotive people that we all know that have either have worked for you or still work for you uh, that we all know and, and love their writing and love what they do. And, and, you know, and, and the stuff with like Miles Collier is just so amazing because the amount yeah. of knowledge that that guy has or has available to him is staggering. And he's the most thoughtful person I've ever, he's been my mentor in terms of understanding why we collect and how we collect. And when you take a car you know, should you restore it? Should you leave it alone? What? But being thoughtful about it, because these cars are all now 50, 60 years old, and they lived a life. So, I, I mean, the, the worst thing I think you can do to a car that's a pretty decent car is rip it to pieces and do a ground-up restoration. Yeah. And you know who... The question yeah. is, are you mature enough? Are you grown-up enough to have a car that is just a nice used car... Or do you have to put your ego on it like a dog peeing on a tree to, <laughs> you know, to strip the paint off, redo, the, and now make it one of a of a hundred perfect three hundred SLs? Exactly. And you know who was the the keeper of that flame was Dr. Fred Simeon, uh, our our neighbor here. I mean he he's got a Cobra Daytona that looks like most people would see that car and think what a piece of crap, <laughs> you know, not know what it was. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, I, and I love watching the progression of of the people that have subscribed that have advertised in your magazine for years whether it's the auction houses or the concours and then of course the concours and of course the the writers and and i love the legal files thing with john Drenay. Yeah. i learn something every month there not always you know something sometimes it's painful to learn but <laughs> yeah. yeah so anyway well, I'm gonna, I'm, let me let me do a pitch here let me do a double pitch yeah one, uh, we'd like you to subscribe to the magazine and we'll give your, your listeners here, if they go to sportscarmarket.com slash save, they'll get 40% off from the newsstand. So it's sportscarmarket.com slash save. save. The other thing I want to brag about is we, we're, we're about to do our 5,000 mile tour, the SCM 1000, and you can go to scm1000.com, but it's 45 only cars, 1974 and earlier. And it's like the pages of the magazine coming to life. That's fantastic. I love that. I love. And you just did one, or your first, right, was the AMG one, right? We did. We tried AMG. It was it was very successful, but we learned that we're really better off sticking to older cars. You know, with, with modern cars, first of all, they can go too fast. <laughs> you know, it's it's just I've got an AMG and SL fifty five, right? And and when I'm in my Alfa Duetto going eighty, I'm scared to death. <laughs> You know, and the AMG can be doing 140, and, and you're not even thinking about it. I have a 2006 CL55 AMG, and it's the same thing. Yeah. It's just like it's a it's a beast. Anyway, when we return uh, for our last segment, we'll bring back uh, Keith Martin, the publisher of the Sports Car Market Magazine, and uh, we will talk about some more silly car stuff. Be back in a minute. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. 
That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast. Don't forget, ClassicAutomall.com is our website. See, I'm good about that. And and we're on Instagram, and we're on Facebook, and we're on TikTok, and we're on YouTube. And thank you, Ethan. And we're on all these things. And we're talking to our friend uh, Keith Martin, publisher of Sports Car Market Magazine. And you just recently uh, hired an editor-in-chief, and that was a first for you, right? It is after 35 years, and it was Jeff Sabatini who is uh, a great writer and a great leader. We've never, we've only had, I think, three executive editors, and Jeff has been two of them. He was one <laughs> once before, right. and he came back this time, and uh, he he is really because he was at Wall Street Journal, New York Times, uh, car and driver, and then he hired his second in command, Rory Jernica, who was with Motor Trend. I've got a, you know, I feel like when you're drafting a football team. Yeah, uh, but I've got a, a a quarterback and a fullback and and guys who have played in the real world, and, and that's makes such a difference because they have an overview, having seen the world, the car world from the highest level. Boy, isn't that the truth? And you know, that's that that's an amazing thing to have to be able to hire somebody like that. It make it's got to make you feel proud that you you can attract that kind of talent uh, to what you're doing. And, and, and then the key there. My job is to create an environment where they feel like they can just rip. I love it. I love it. You know, my, the guy who writes for us writes our descriptions. I tell him, I say, I don't want you to spell check. I don't want you to worry about anything. I want you to sit in there and write it and yeah. just as it flows and we'll fix it. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll put the yeah. period in the right place and whatever, but just write. Just do what you do yeah. so yeah. well. That's smart. You know, and, and we look at some of these auction sites. Uh, you know, we were, I was seeing this. I don't know if it was in your magazine or somewhere else about the fact that you know auctions used to put three or four pictures up of a car and you know three uh, one paragraph of information and that was it and now they're really starting to to you know request and require multiple pictures and multiple writing and I think a lot of that has to do with bring a trailer which is as we talked about earlier is a phenomenon in itself I mean what they've been able to build at bring a trailer is staggering isn't it well I've known the founder Randy Nonenberg uh, from the very beginning when he was just posting a few cars of interest. And the growth of Bring a Trailer reminds me of the growth of eBay Motors. When they first started eBay Motors, nobody thought anybody would ever buy a car online. (laughs) But there was a need there that eBay Motors uh, met. And for Randy, what, what people don't really understand is the magic of Bring a Trailer is the involved user group. Right. You know, when I, when I'm looking at, I was looking at a Jensen the other day for, and I mean, it was, Ridiculous, but I couldn't help myself. Right. And and I, my, my friend of mine said, just go on to bring a trailer and look at the Jensen's that are sold and look at all the comments. And and let's say you toss out 30% of the comments because they're just kind of right. yes. Right. But there's always somebody in there who says, you know, the left front motor mount will go bad with this, which causes the sump to crack. Yeah. You can ask the seller, so can you send me a picture of the left front motor mount and right. the sump? Yeah. You could never 
do that. When you go to a land auction, I bought cars at land auctions where I would just show up and we'd all be drinking and we'd walk around the car a little bit and we'd say, hey, it looks good. Yeah. And then you find out the problems that are after the fact. And, you know, well, you I, buy, and, and for me, Stuart, when I buy a car, I, I have to go into full disclosure about everything that I learn about that car. I can't in my position, uh, buy a car that's got a mismatched block and pass it off to you and say, Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. Sorry. Or the guy told me it wasn't this or that or whatever. I can't, I can't do it. You so, can't, you so can't. Whatever I learn. You learn. You know what I tell people all the time is that more often than not, buying a car on Bring a Trailer, you would, you'll know more about that car buying it on Bring a Trailer than you would know if it was at your next door neighbor's house and you did a walk around on your own because you're, you're caught up in the moment of looking at the shiny pretty car and you're not thinking about the sub this and the frame part of this and all that stuff. You're, you're just looking at, oh, this would, I would look cool in this. This is what I want. Yeah. You know, I still, there's still a value in, in land based outlets like yours. Because there's also nothing quite like walking up to a car and what I call it the vibe. Right. You know, what kind of vibe? And for me, that's do the door fits kind of seem right all the way around? Is the, is the interior worn about the same as the paint? Right. Does underhood, are the clamps kind of correct or did they take it? Cause you figure if you see stuff that's been done wrong right away, what what is there that you can't see? That's exactly right. And you know, one of the, one of the, the tests that one of my buddies used to do, if it was a roll up window car, is he'd roll up the, roll up and down the, the driver and passenger window. And if it got hung up or it wasn't rolling up properly, it meant that that body part could have been, had some trouble in the past. Yeah. And, and there's yeah. just all kinds of little tricks like that. But you know, the interesting thing about bring a trailer is, is that, you know, at first they were just an outlet to sell a car. Now it seems like they're the dog and the tail. I mean, they're doing it all and they're setting market prices on cars well that you pay just like barrett jackson you pay a barrett jackson premium sure i mean when i was doing this booth for speed vision you have people say uh raise your bid for the folks watching at home (laughs) and people would set their vcrs (laughs) to record the time when their car was going to cross the block so yeah you can say look at me i Sold my car at Barrett Jackson, and Barrett Jackson gets a premium because you get the Barrett Jackson bump. <laughs> That's exactly right. How many guys do we see on their cell phone, you know, uh, waving to the crowd while they're bidding? Like they're yeah. they, they're trying to concentrate on two different things here. And you know, but but what's interesting about what I like about Bring a Trailer is the oddball stuff, like the Chrysler Snow Runner, the little thing with the track on the back. Oh, I know. I've, seen, I've seen more of those on Bring a Trailer than I have in my. There's one right now. Still in the crate. Yeah, I want to. I because they sold one recently for like fifty seven hundred dollars or something. So, yeah, that, what I, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I you know, one of my favorite cars of all time was a Citroen Mahari. Oh wow! Which is the Ducheval with the fiberglass beach body on it. Right, right. It took me fifteen years to find one that I wanted. Wow! But now every couple of months, there's one on Bring a Trailer. <laughs> yeah, of course, because they bring it out of the woodwork, you know. So you're talking about Speed Vision days. We used to love to watch Speed Vision. What's your take on uh, uh, car shows in general? I mean, are they all build shows now, and that's what they've become? Um, I you ask a really good question because uh, I think it's a waste of time to say, oh. Driving is going away. People don't love cars. That's not true. How we interact with cars is going to change. My 15-year-old, I mean, he can drive a stick and likes old cars, but he ended up may having electric cars all his life. Right. Yeah. And that's just the way it'll be. I think car shows have to figure out how to be relevant without being uh, 
common. In other words, the you still want to go see the glitzy, big, expensive cars, but maybe there's an easier way to see them because like cars and coffee have become a great competition. What when you go to a concourse, you have to arrive at eight. Yeah, you have to right. sit with your car all right. day long, right. usually in the sun. Yeah. Not a lot of fun. Uh, and then at, at, at three or four o'clock when they start giving the awards, everybody starts leaving. I mean, when I've been the MC of Concord, I can't tell you the number of times when I would announce best of show and everybody was gone. <laughs> it was like the last song at the Van Halen concert. No, they're gone. You know, <laughs> and so, so the question is with the cars and coffee, you can get there, spend an hour and get back to your life. Yeah. I'm not a sit behind my car on a folding chair kind of guy all day. I like to pull in, hang out for, you know, half an hour, yeah. an hour and then go. So speaking of Concord, um, what does Pebble look like in 20 years? The same? Different? You, who knows? I think Pebble stands apart. Yeah. You know, um, th- they, um, the, the gra- first of all, the grounds are unbelievable. The history is unbelievable. The selection committee is unbelievable. The judges are unbelievable. So they're really like an all-star event. Right. Um, so I don't, I don't know if it will, you're not going to see a lemons at Pebble Beach. Right. You're not going to see a radwood at Pebble Beach. Sure. You shouldn't, um, right? Yeah. You know, they, they, they did have a JDM ex, uh, exposition a couple of years ago, but that was off site. It was right. in the Pebble Beach area, but off site. Well, and then they do hot rods there for a year or one year. Well, they they've do- done hot rods, uh, and that was Bruce Meyer and Ken Gross that sure. really put that together. Sure. But they're, they're, Extraordinary hot rods. Yeah, yeah, they're not just you know this nice uh, yeah. fiberglass tub thing. Are we over? I think, Go ahead. Sorry. I, just, I think Pebble Pebble will continue to do just fine um, because they have the best of the best. And you, what you do there is you see cars that have, are being unveiled there. I know we're we're in a big state of flux right now in terms of concours, uh, auctions, tours, online, yeah. social media. I mean, it's. Uh, we, I feel like our job in the magazine, the print world, is to be a solidifier every month where you can kind of, even if the information is two months old, it's it's important information. Well, listen, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. We let's don't make this the last time we do this. We'll have to do it again sometime because I got a, three more pages of notes to talk about. Okay. So we will definitely do it again. I really enjoyed this, and and again, I say sportscarmarket.com slash save. You get the special price, and look up our tour, and then we will get this, and we will help you promote this on uh, our website and YouTube and all that stuff. You're doing a great job there, and I'm really pleased to have been a part of it. Thanks so much, Keith. We appreciate you, and thanks all for listening today, and we'll catch you next week uh, with another guest. Take care. See ya. We appreciate you listening to our show, and don't forget to come visit us in person next time you're in southeastern Pennsylvania. Admission is free, and our hours are on our website, ClassicAutoMall.com. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at ClassicAutoMall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at ClassicAutoMall.com. Classic Auto Mall podcast is produced by CarSmarts Media with music by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.